Welcome to the Transformed Teacher Podcast. I'm Meredith, and I'm here to help you thrive as an educator with less stress and more joy. If nobody else tells you today, you rock. Welcome to this episode of the Transformed Teacher. Today, we're going to talk about how to pick your battles when it comes to teaching because this is something that I've personally struggled with and I see other teachers dealing with it as well. And there are a number of battles that we face, but just for the sake of keeping it simple, I'm going to talk about the battles within classroom management and dealing with students. As far as the battles of um, parent communication, dealing with our administrators, dealing with colleagues, dealing with paperwork, those are separate battles that we can talk about another day. But today we're just talking about our classroom management and dealing with students. Now, I am not coming from a place of, let me tell you what to do and what the research says and what the data says and what the best practices are in pedagogy and what your education manual tells you that you need to do. No, I'm coming at you from experience, from a full day of teaching today, and from learning from my mistakes. There is something called the pause, and if I can find out who came up with this, I will post it in the show notes, but I think that it's absolutely magical, and maybe it's more than one person who came up with it, but if you are having a moment in your teaching day If you can practice this strategy, it can be life-changing and it will help you so much in the long run. Before we discuss exactly what the pause is and how you can make it work for you, let's talk about the difference between a battle versus a war. And if you think of yourself as a soldier going to war each day, going to battle, that's probably not the best analogy. When it comes to teaching, it makes you feel a little bit on the defense, but it kind of works for this scenario because what are you ultimately going to school each day to accomplish? What is your objective? What is your purpose? Why are you there? What is your big why for being a teacher? If you can go back to that first inkling that you had when you knew you wanted to be a teacher, if you can think about how you feel in August during back to school week and you have high hopes for the school year, why? Why do you keep coming to this each year? And if it's because you don't have any other choice, then that's a whole different discussion. (laughs) But assuming that you at some point had an ultimate why for your teaching profession, why you're there, I would guess that it has something to do with wanting to help kids, wanting to change their lives, wanting to make a difference, wanting to help them understand difficult concepts, wanting to show them the way, something along those lines, right? So that's our ultimate war. You know, we are fighting um, all sorts of different things to win the war, but ultimately that's why you're there. If you can focus in a positive way on why you are there that day teaching in your classroom, that you're there because you want to help students. You're there because you want to help kids. You're there because you want to help them learn. Then everything else fades away. What gets in the way of that oftentimes for me is when I have 
stacks upon stacks of papers to grade when I have a limited amount of time and energy to tackle the tasks that will make my job easier. Um, when I maybe didn't get a good night's sleep the night before, sometimes if I'm just simply hungry, that will make it harder for me to stay focused on the why of why I'm in the classroom. So if I become blind to what's really going on with me and my emotions, I'm going to take it out on the students and that's never going to be pretty. And I'm here to tell you from experience that when you choose, because it's always a choice, when you, and when I say you, I'm saying I as well, whenever I have made the conscious choice to yell at a student or other students, the rapport, the rapport, I just said rapport, rapport, rapport is what I'm looking for. The rapport that I have worked so hard to build, the relationship, the trust, the foundation, when I make the conscious choice, because like I said, it's always a conscious choice, to yell, to raise my voice, to get upset, to show who's boss, to put a kid in his place or her place. When I make that conscious choice, I win the battle right away. My ego loves it. My ego feels like the queen. My ego feels like now you see my inner diva. Mm-hmm. Now you know I mean business. Mm-hmm. Now you see me and I am in charge. I am large and in charge. This is my classroom, not yours. Mm-hmm. I'm right. You're wrong. You lose and I win. Ha! Get back in the classroom. When that happens... I win that battle and it feels so good for that instant. I showed who was boss. I showed them not to ever trifle with me again. I'm no pushover. I'll show you that I am in control of this classroom, that I know how to be mean. I know how to be strict. And I only reserve it for the times when I really need to. Ha! I've won the battle. Congratulations, Miss Newland. You've won the battle. You've shown who's boss. Clap, clap, clap. And then guess what you've done? You have just cracked the foundation that you were working so hard to build because what you've done is you have damaged the rapport. Maybe today it started as just a little crack, but over time it's going to widen and it's going to get worse and it's going to be evident and you are going to have a real hard time for the rest of the week, the month, the semester, or maybe even the year because when you acted with ego, you destroyed the trust between you and your student. You are the adult. You're supposed to know better. There is never a time. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care what society tells you. I don't care what your mentor tells you. I don't care what anybody tells you about how you talk to kids. There's never a time to snap at them. There's never a time to yell at them. There's never a time to treat them with disrespect. With that said, we are all human and we all make mistakes and we all have bad days. And sometimes we do inadvertently take it out on our students. If that does happen, 
we have to make amends. We have to make reparations. We have to try to heal that as soon as we can. We have to apologize to that kid as soon as we can before the damage continues and before those fissures get worse and before the crack grows. And it's not just for our own well-being and comfort in our classroom. It's for the student. If you remember a time when an adult ever snapped at you or reprimanded you or made you feel like their power over you was a threat, it's the worst feeling in the world. It damages your psyche. It damages your sense of your possibility as a human being. It makes you feel imperfect and it makes you feel like your imperfections and your mistakes define you. The tough love concept, the... I'm going to ream them. I'm going to read them the riot act. We're going to have a come to Jesus meeting, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't work in the long run. It works in the short run. You win the battle. You sure do. And there are some teachers who may have a certain way of being tough and kids know that that teacher means business and maybe we're, we're trying to emulate them. I don't know. It's very rare that it can actually work without doing some sort of damage. So this is where the pause comes in. When you feel yourself about to snap, when you feel yourself about to show a kid who's boss, to take him out in the hallway and to show them that you're in charge and to tell them what they need to do to change and how you are the one who has all the power. You might not say that, but that's what you're conveying. When you feel the need to do that, take a pause. Take one pause. I'm talking three, five seconds max. And just think about how it's going to feel in the long run. Is it going to matter tomorrow? Is it going to matter next week? Is it going to matter in a month? No. It's not. 99 times out of 100, it's not going to matter. The only thing that it's going to affect if you let it slide is your ego. Don't make mountains out of molehills. Don't send a kid to the office for a minor infraction. Don't take things personally. That's not why you're there. Your purpose isn't to stroke your ego as a teacher. Your purpose is to help kids. Your purpose is to help them learn. Now I can hear you saying, I can hear it. What about that kid who's the behavior problem? What about that kid who just keeps on doing what they're doing and it's infringing upon everybody else's learning? I didn't say never talk to the kid. I didn't say never confront the issue. But you do it in a thoughtful way. You do it in a kind way. You do it in a caring, respectful way. You think about what you're going to say. You pull them aside in a way that doesn't embarrass them. You don't do it on a whim. You don't do it when you're angry. You don't do it in that snap second. You ask them to stay after class. You ask to speak to them outside after you had a day to think about what you're going to say. And then you address the situation you address the problem. And the method that was taught to me as 
very helpful when it comes to communicating with anybody and trying to get your message across in a way that's respectful and direct is called the DEAR method and it stands for D-E-A-R. D is when you describe the situation in an objective, non-emotional way. For example, hey John, I see that you are continuing to take out your phone and this is really impacting your learning because you failed the last test and I'm concerned about your grades because I think that when you're not paying attention in class and you're on your phone, you're really missing out on important information. That's just describing what's happening. The E stands for express how it makes you feel. Uh, John, this makes me feel really worried because I don't want to see your grades slip. I really care about you. I'm invested in you. And I know that you've got a lot going on. I know you're really busy and you don't want to miss out on anything. I understand that you um, might have something important going on and you want to check what's going on on your phone. I get that. But I'm just really concerned that if you keep going down this path that you'll end up maybe having to repeat the class or you won't learn as much. And I just really don't want to see that happen. It makes me feel worried that, that you're doing this. And the, the next part... A stands for ask. So we've got D, describe, E, express, and A, ask. Ask for what you want. John, I really wish that when you're in this class, you could go ahead and just put that phone away, or if you want to hand it to me and I can keep it out of sight so you're not distracted, I would be happy to do that. I just really um, need you to put that away so that you can be at your best every day and you can be successful and I would just ask that you go ahead and get whatever business on your phone that you have to do, that you go ahead and get that wrapped up before class begins so that you can be really successful. Do you think you can do that for me? That's what I'm going to need from you. I'm going to need you to put that phone away during class. Can you do that for me? You're asking the question directly so that they can nod, yes, I can, or they can say, no, I can't, and then you can take it to the next level. Hopefully they'll say, yeah, sure, of course I will. Anything for you. You're being so nice to me the way you're asking, right? So the last part of the DEAR method stands for R, and that means reinforce. You're reinforcing why your request can be beneficial to both parties. So it would say some, you would say something like this. Thank you so much, John. I think that if you can make this choice for you, you're going to see your grades go up and you're going to be more present in class and I'm going to really um, get to see you soar to great heights and show how amazing you really are and show all of the wonderful things that you know and that you know how to do and it's just going to be so much more enjoyable for both of us when you're really checked in and present in class. Thank you so much for hearing me out on this, John. I really appreciate what a great kid you are. Something like that. Just reinforce in a really sincere way, not in a fake way, because kids can pick up on fake, a sincere way that shows that you care. It's called D-E-A-R. So in summary, pick your battles because your ultimate war is to help students grow and to help them learn. That's why you're there each day. And if you choose a battle, you might win it but you're gonna lose the war because if you lose a student by disrespecting them and by yelling at them, it's really hard to get them back. And I speak from experience. 
Um, so when you feel in that moment that you need to snap or you need to, you need to ream a kid or you need to just tell them off or you need to show them who's boss and you need to just do that, pause. Take that three to five second pause and really think it through. Is it going to matter tomorrow? Is it going to matter the next day? If it's going to matter tomorrow, take a day to think about how you're going to handle it. Don't handle it when you're in anger. Nothing good is going to happen. Take a day to really think about whether it matters and to think about whether or not you actually need to confront it. And then the last thing when you do confront it is not to snap, but to use the DEAR, dear method to communicate to the student what you need from him or her. I hope this is helpful to you. I hope that you are having a wonderful week so far. Just remember that February doesn't last forever. In fact, it's almost over. We're on the tail end. Springtime is coming soon. The flowers will be blooming. The trees will have green. And things are going to look brighter and better. We are nearing, we are closer to the end of the school year than we are to the beginning. But today is where the gift is because every single day you have an opportunity to reach students. Pick your battles. Don't waste time on them. Don't waste energy on the things that don't matter. Don't let your ego run the show. Remember your ultimate why for teaching and keep that in the front of your mind. When I give you this advice, it's not just to you. It's the same reason I wrote my book, Captured Fireflies, is advice to myself, reminders, things that I can lose sight of when I'm not staying grounded and centered. So I hope that you understand that I'm in this with you. I'm not coming at it from a place of trying to be a know-it-all. I'm just telling you what has worked and not worked for me in hopes that it might be of use to you. If nobody else tells you today, you rock. And if you have not already checked out my webpage, thetransformedteacher.com, I have a free webinar. I have lots of resources and strategies to help you thrive as an educator with less stress and more joy. So be sure to go check out thetransformedteacher.com for more strategies and tips to help you grow and be your best. All right, I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. For more strategies around teacher self-care and wellness, visit my website, www.thetransformedteacher.com. If nobody else tells you today, you rock.